Ladies and gentlemen, this next reviewer discussion is scheduled for one podcast. Join Chris Vint and Mike Lacey as they make up the dynamic team of WrestleShock. Hello and welcome to another episode of WrestleShock. Um, I'm Chris Vint, uh, one of the hosts here. Now, I, you may have heard in a couple of shows um, that I've been doing reviews um, solely. Um, you know, like Alan Price hasn't been here. Um, Alan, it's with... It's with some sadness and with some happiness that Alan has um, given me the green light to go ahead and take WrestleShock on um, with another co-host I'll introduce in a minute. Um, Alan will be appearing on from time to time to help us talk about um, different events or pay-per-views or you know like certain things like that there. But um, we're th- we we had a bit of discussion there the other night. Um, we thought that WrestleShock we hadn't done a full uh, full episode since August time, so it has been a bit of a while. So um, WrestleShock now will be in conjunction with Operation RetroShock, so it'll still be on the same feed if you're listening now via iTunes or on popculturenetwork.com. Um, no disruption there, but hopefully you'll get more episodes cranked out on a regular basis um, on the Operation RetroShock feed. So, that said, Alan Price has graciously stepped aside, and I've ha- got a new co-host who will now introduce himself. Ah, it's me, Mike Lacey. Yay! So for what the third podcast now in a row, I'm doing a podcast with Mike Lacey. So, um, <laughs> Mike, it's 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 nice to actually sit down and you know, like we're going to go over stuff to do with wrestling, whether it's going to be stuff to do with maybe pay per views, um, which we'll touch on in a sec, whether it's DVD reviews, whether it's a case of if there's maybe nothing that's really caught our eye, you know, like on the DVD or Blu-ray front, we may just sit down and talk about the last. Um, couple episodes of Raw, uh, what our favourite matches have been, what we would have done differently, that kind of thing. So I'm really excited about seeing where this goes. Um, what about yourself, Mike? No, absolutely. Very excited to uh, to be on board with uh, with new WrestleShock. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the date now is, if I remember correctly, April or April 3rd. Two days ago we had uh, WrestleMania 28, uh, which came from Miami. Um, we're, Mike and I are going to go through the um, show, uh, the matches, what we liked, what we didn't like, and our thoughts on the pay-per-view in general. Um, so, normally with the pre-show you get a dark match it's either one that you don't really care about or one that you're like hey why isn't this on tv like last year was Seamus versus Daniel Bryan um just well we'll talk about that in a sec so the pre-show had Primo and Epico with Rosa Mendez who defeated Justin Gabriel and Tyson Kidd and the Uzos um in a triple threat tag team match for the championship uh, which lasted five minutes Thoughts on this, Mike, or glad you didn't have to sit through it? <laughs> well, we, did, we didn't get the dark match over here during the pre-show, so we didn't see it at all. And it doesn't really seem like I missed too much. Uh, I, I'm really sorry that I missed too much of a five-minute triple threat uh, <laughs> tag team match there. Yeah, um, I think it would be streamed <laughs> online free before, before the pay-per-view on both WWE.com and the official WWE YouTube channel. Um I'm pretty sure the servers wouldn't have went down with the amount of traffic that would have had to there, but that's just my that's just my thing. So obviously with every WrestleMania we start with the American anthem, um, which was sung beautifully by Lillian Garcia. It's got some pair of lungs on her. That's to do with her singing voice, I'm not <laughs> I'll take myself out of hole quick. Um 
So our first opener was Seamus versus Daniel Bryan, who had AJ in his corneal. Um, this, of course, was for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, Mike, w- what were your thoughts in this match? I don't think it was long enough for me to develop any thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I think the ring entrances were probably longer than than the actual match was. Yeah, I don't understand why you waste a, a, a World Heavyweight title match like this. I mean, we talked about the dark match. This was last year's dark match, and then this year it was for the World Heavyweight title, and it curtain-jerked and lasted all of 18 seconds. Apparently what their thoughts were were they wanted to have the quickest World Championship match of all time, but unfortunately Daniel Bryan didn't realise the bell had been rung and turned round to kiss AJ, and then Seamus hit him with a bro kick. So if he had done that before, it would have actually been a lot shorter. <laughs> now obviously the quickest one to my recollection was the Kane... Uh, Chavo Guerrero match from Mania 24 which lasted a few seconds obviously there was the uh, Kevin Nash Bob Backlund which lasted all of 8 seconds um, so there ha- and that was for the World Heavyweight Championship so um, yeah it was kind of a case of just sitting down with the munchies beside me sitting down kind of huh? What? <laughs> obviously at you know 12 o'clock in the morning I have to be quiet so uh, kind of a case of you know like what the F um, but the amount of build-up that was leading to this match and then that, that happened now. I was kind of a bit gutted because I was looking forward to to seeing these two exactly. um, go together, you know. But I mean, what, uh, a, what, what a way to devalue the title as well. I mean, it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. You have the, the whole build-up and you're waiting all year for WrestleMania, the biggest show of the year, and they, they started out with, with a match like this. It, it's, I mean, it's not quite as bad as the finger poke of doom, but, you know, it, it's pretty close. Um, yeah, um, with that there, um, with that there, it'd be a case of, you know, like, obviously last year we had the World Heavyweight Championship open WrestleMania, uh, different kettle of fish, because that was Edge versus Alberto Del Rio, which went on for a lot longer than 18 seconds, so... Um, disappointing with that one, especially... Um, that being the show opener, as you said, Mike. Um, the next one would be the singles match, which was Kane, um, who defeated Randy Orton. Now, unfortunately, I never got to see this match or the next match because my feed cut off. Um, I then had to go through Sky, who are our local um, satellite provider, um, to then get this fixed. So I then came back um, at the Kelly Kelly and Maria match. So, Mike, um, if you can give me your thoughts on the Kane Orton match, which lasted just over 10 minutes. It was another match that was pretty disappointing. I'm not a real big Kane fan, or I mean, Randy Orton is all right for me as as a character. I mean, he's very good in the ring, but as far as just his character itself, I'm not a real huge Randy Orton fan. And this was a, a match I wasn't exactly looking forward to. And you basically had Randy Orton being Randy Orton and dominating most of the match, and you know some some back and forth give and take and then he got caught with the choke slam off the uh, off the second rope into the pinfall you know 11 minute match didn't knock my socks off you know pretty bit of a disappointing start to to the pay-per-view mm-hmm I think that was a lot of people were saying was it was only really whenever the taker match started 
well, when the Taker match started, and then we had another bad match, and then we had two great matches. <laughs> so in either case of, I think it was the case of, like with most wrestling matches, wrestling matches, wrestling pay-per-views, there's always a couple that you really expect highly of, and unfortunately, with the Seamus match, you know, like our expectations were way on down, and then the Big Show match, you know, from what I've heard, um, wasn't particularly great either, which is our next match, uh, which was half the time the Kane Orton match, but... Um, I'm a big Cody Rhodes fan. I think he's come a long way since being um, in Legacy with Ted DiBiase and Cody uh, Cody Rhodes. He didn't star with himself twice, uh, Randy <laughs> Orton. Um, you know, like obviously WrestleMania um, last year was against uh, Rey Mysterio. And the year before that was him and Ted DiBiase versus Randy Orton. So he's been. You know, this is his third WrestleMania. Um, he's growing in stature. Uh, um, I love his gimmick. Um, I, I love his new music as well. Um, I know that Mike has strong feelings about the uh, the winner of this match, which was the Big Show. So for you, Mike, I can't stand the Big Show. <laughs> as soon as he won, I thought, "Oh, Mike's going to be devastated with this." He's such a waste. If they used him properly, you know, the way he was when he first came in and was just this unstoppable monster, it it would be a different story. But I guess they can't really do that because then nobody realistically would be able to beat him other than the other monsters, Undertaker and and Kane and and Mark Henry, those kind of guys. Um, But the the big show for me has just – he's just never, ever done it. Now, on the other side, Cody Rhodes, I'm a massive fan of. I I I think Cody Rhodes is just is just brilliant. The the whole thing, the whole uh, the whole gimmick with with the uh, the plastic mask and putting and the paper bags. Yeah, I I love that so much. Uh, and, and now he's kind of got that that his mind's been twisted from that whole ordeal, and he's got this psychotic, dangerous uh, aspect to his character that really really. It really appeals to me. I, I, I just I love the way that his character is. And I'm very happy with what he's done with his reign as, you know, with the reign that he had as Intercontinental Champion, bringing back the old belt. Yeah. You, you know, kind of giving us some prestige. And I, I talked earlier about the, uh, the Sheamus and Daniel Bryan match kind of devaluing the heavyweight championship. I think that Cody Rhodes' reign really gave some prestige and and brought some class back to the Intercontinental Championship, which kind of had been regulated as a uh, a smaller a smaller title back in the day. It was always that the the heavyweight championship was on top, and then Intercontinental yeah. Championship was kind of like the next stepping stone. Yes, you, yeah. you know, with with the likes of you know Randy Savage having it, and you know. Uh, how we Mr. had Perfect. Um, Mr. Perfect and Honky the, the Honky Man, exactly, yeah. and you know the whole culmination of WrestleMania six with title versus title. Yeah, you know it, it. It was always back in the day this a high honor to have. It was kind of like I don't want to say mid Carters, but um, they, the the up and comers, the, the mm-hmm. guys that the uh, that the company really seemed to think were on the verge of breaking through yeah. that that glass ceiling. It was they, almost like it was a semi-main event. You know, you had right. your your WWE Championship, and then you have your Intercontinental Championship as well. Exactly. Now that we have we have two heavyweight titles with the WWE title and the World Heavyweight title, it's kind of like the World Heavyweight title has taken the place of the old Intercontinental title, and the Intercontinental title has taken a step back. But Cody Rhodes really seemed to bring it back to the forefront 
with, with his title reign. You know, he held it for 233 days leading into WrestleMania. And for me, when I think of the big show, the big show, you know, he, he's, he's been world heavyweight champion numerous times. I don't necessarily like it when they bring, when they take a, 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 a superstar that's been at that level and they allow them to compete for a lesser title. It doesn't. It doesn't seem. It doesn't seem right to me. It, for for me, those titles are for guys on their way up, as opposed to guys that have been at the top and are kind of falling down the card. Yeah. So for them to get, I mean, the whole build up to to WrestleMania was, you know, Big Show never had his WrestleMania moment and and all that kind of stuff. They re- were really playing that angle up. So I kind of had a feeling that they might give him the title. I was really hoping that they wouldn't, and. They ended up giving it to him. I I can only hope that this means bigger and better things for Cody Rhodes. Kind of like okay. when, with with the Big Show. Obviously, you're, what you've just said there. If you had to put somebody else in to face Cody Rhodes, a, like a baby face, say to face Cody Rhodes, who would you have put in that place then? <sighs> it, it wouldn't see it. it all, all the guys that are up and coming are, are, are heels. I mean, I, you know, somebody like that, I probably would have, you know, used like a Dolph Ziggler or, or, or something like that. I don't think that Zack Ryder is ready to make that jump up. I mean, I know he's a, a, a fan favorite, but I don't think he's ready to make that kind of jump. Um, see, I've never been this one that you necessarily have to have face versus heel. As long, okay. as, as, long as the match is good in the ring... I think you could have a face versus face or a heel versus heel, and and uh, you know it, you, as long as the the match in the ring is good, I don't think it necessarily has to play to it doesn't necessarily have to play to the storyline. Yeah. Um, I would have been okay if, if it maybe um, I think we would have got a real good match out of maybe like Kofi Kingston or, mm-hmm. or or something like that because I think the two styles really mesh well. Okay. Um. Would you have liked to see? I know that on Twitter there was a petition to get Goldust versus Cody Rhodes. Would that would have been something that would interest you, brother versus brother? I would have liked to have seen it. It's just the fact that like Goldust really hasn't competed in so long. Yeah. On TV, I don't know how much that would have sold to their target audience because mm-hmm. not a whole lot of the you know the younger the younger audience remembers Goldust from back in the day. I, so always... I saw Tim Duggan versus Cody Rhodes instead. Yes. That's <laughs> Um, on a on a positive note, though, this is the first time that I can actually remember for quite some time the Intercontinental Championship being defended at WrestleMania, because normally it's a case of the Intercontinental Championship, um, the Intercontinental Champion has been in a Money in the Bank match or a tag match and something like that, very much like uh, the Team Johnny versus Team Teddy, right. you know, like you had Santino Morella who was the US champ, you know, like there. So I do like the fact that. As you said, you know, Cody Rhodes has brought more prestige back to the Intercontinental Championship, but also it being defended on the grandest stage of them all, rather than it just being a case of it's being defended on Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown or on a house show or something like that. So, right, well, like we totally just got the tag championships defended at, in the dark match. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it seems to be, you know, it's a case now of. <sighs> There is no set tag teams. It seems to be this guy and this guy just merged together. You know, Justin Gabriel and Tyson Kidd. I didn't even know they were a tag team. I didn't know <laughs> Primo and Epico were and the Usos were. And, you know, obviously you have the likes of, say, Jack Swagger and Dolph Ziggler will team up. And, you know, I think they need to go back to 
bringing in more factions, that kind of thing. Because whenever you had the Nexus, and then you had the Core, or whenever you had the NWO, when you had DX, and you had Legacy, and you had so rich, so many tag teams there, so many stables there, and it's kind of it's a dying art now. And even in TNA, where they they used to have like so many tag teams and stuff. You don't have beer money anymore. You don't have Team 3D anymore. And the Motor City Machine Guns are coming back. Yippee. But, you know, they need to kind of invest more time in the tag team division. But No, I completely agree with you. I, I miss tag team wrestling. That was always yeah. one of my... One of my favorite things, and like proper tag team wrestling, like we had, yeah. you know, Evan Bourne and Kobe Kingston, Air, you know, you know, uh, uh, Air Boom. Really, what kind of a name is that? But <laughs> I, I mean, and it's basically that's what you get in the tag team division now is basically two singles wrestlers thrown together to make a tag yeah. team. You don't have the you know proper tag teams anymore that you. I mean, even when you looked at them, you looked at them as you know, you know, Evan Bourne and Kofi Kingston. You didn't look at them as a team. You know, it's not like when when you looked at you know like the New Age Outlaws. You didn't really look at you know Road Dog and Badass Billy Gunn. Yeah, you looked at the them as the Outlaws. Or Doom or Demolition or oh God, there's so many of them. Um, Owen Hart and Yokozuna, like things like that, were which were like the Legion of Doom, Demolition, all those kind of ones were just huge. Like the Rockers, so many good ones, and I just wish they could go back to the way it was. But exactly, you know. Uh, the next big match was Kelly Kelly and Maria Mononis, or whatever her name is. Um, I don't really care. Um, who defeated Beth Phoenix and Eve in a tag team match. Um, obviously, we were talking about tag teams. Uh, here's just two people who are thrown together. Obviously, this is the, and for the comma, celebrity. I have no idea who this person is because I'm not familiar with her over in the UK. I have a funny feeling she's some talk show host or something, whatever, correct? Yeah, and she's on uh, Dancing with the Stars, and, and she's one of the hosts of that and stuff like that. Yeah, they have. She's she's a host of, uh, of one of these morning morning shows over here. I'm not sure what show it is exactly, but they had all they had <laughs> So whole... you in America don't even know. So that's some comfort to me, anyway. <laughs> exactly. Like they they had this whole thing where she was interviewing Kelly Kelly on on the show, and then Beth Phoenix showed up, and Eve showed up, and they're like, "Well, why are you interviewing her? You should be interviewing us." And you know, then Maria Menounos is, is like, "Oh, are you challenging me? Oh, maybe I'll show you some real moves at WrestleMania." It was just a whole. It was a a bit of a debacle. Yeah. Well, this match <laughs> went on for six minutes, so this it was match longer went on, than the last match, which was longer than the Intercontinental Champion and the World Heavyweight Championship combined. If you think <laughs> of it that way, uh, which is kind of shocking. Um, Jason Duvall on Twitter said that they wanted to have the quickest World Heavyweight Championship match in history. And that's why they did that. Um, I actually retorted with, why couldn't they just have had the quickest Diva match in history? Because I, I understand that people, a lot, you know, like there are people who are fond of the female wrestling. I'm not. And, you know, I know whenever I was talking to Alan, whenever watching WrestleMania, this was going to be our toilet break if we needed to go, <laughs> you know, to the toilet or grab a bottle of water or, you know, whatever. This was our time to do that. Um, I've never, I, I respect Beth Phoenix for her being the glamazon and, you know, everything. Uh, although she did have antlers on, which <laughs> kind of shocked me. I think she had Rey Mysterio's dress up gimmick going on. Uh, um, but the other ones, I, I really couldn't care less for. Um, it's just, it would have been a, I would have reversed it. I would have had this be an opener and go for 18 seconds. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I've got no problem with you know you know pretty girls coming out, but if I don't need it with my wrestling for me. <laughs> And you, you, you've got if you want to see that, there's other avenues you can take to see that kind of thing. But <laughs> I don't, I don't need it in my in my wrestling. Yeah. So if you were to have like a lovely woman like Sunny accompany the gentleman to the ring, that's fine. Um, in my opinion, um, I know there's people out there like um, he, my friend Healy who loves the female wrestling. Just not a fan of it. It's normally a case if it's in Raw, I will skip it. Um, just saying. So, after that match, we then had The Undertaker versus Triple H with the special guest referee, Shawn Michaels, Hell in a Cell. This match went on for, oh, well, this match went on for near enough all the matches combined, which was <laughs> half an hour. Um, I think Shawn Michaels was an integral part of this storytelling. Um, obviously, we saw Triple H come out in a very... Um, very medieval um, kind of castle Grayskull almost. That's exactly what I thought too. <laughs> you would say. Um, we then saw the Undertaker come out supporting the new hairdo, which was kind of like a Mohican thing, which kind of made him look a bit more menacing. I thought, and then you saw the mascara under his eyes, and you went, "No, it doesn't." It was um, so strange. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very, very strange to see. Um, Shawn Michaels, obviously, I think uh, somebody wrote, uh, oh, somebody calm Shawn down. It looks like he's having a seizure. That was me. And he was, that was you. Yeah, and he's yeah. in the ring and he's just punching it's like the air. Yeah, it's just like, what's going on? He's never done that before. Um, what were your thoughts leading into this match, Mike? And were you happy with um, the, the way the match was told and also the ending? Uh, leading into the match... This is now the, the, the second time in a row, the second opponent in a row for The Undertaker that he's faced in two consecutive WrestleManias. We had The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels you know, for two years in a row, and now we've had, yeah. Shawn, uh, we've had Triple H two years in a row. I, I guess it's maybe a, a safety factor just because The Undertaker really doesn't work all year until WrestleMania. And, you know, if you have Triple H in there, he can kind of protect The Undertaker. Obviously, we know that he's been injured a lot lately. Um, over the last couple of years, and maybe having you know having the likes of Triple H, somebody he's familiar with, somebody that he's worked with a lot, would kind of uh, you know help protect him a bit and and make sure that you know either he doesn't get hurt or that he doesn't kind of hurt himself in 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 the eyes of the fans by looking badly or or whatnot. But um, yeah, I I would have liked to maybe seen a different opponent, but all, all you know all things told, you know you, you can kind of never go wrong with these two. It, it as far as the whole Sean's better than you kind of angle where he you know Triple H didn't want to take the match um, even though last year right after Wrestlemania uh, when the Undertaker was gone Triple H said you know when you come back I'll be waiting for you mm-hmm. you know to kind of set it up that you kind of knew a whole year in advance similar to the the Rock and John Cena what was going to happen at, at this Wrestlemania the whole part where you know Undertaker comes back and is challenged in Triple H, and he's like, "No, no, you know, I, I don't want to do it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give in to you," until he finally, you know, says, "You know, well, you're a coward, and you know, you can't do, uh, you know, you you can't do uh, the same thing that uh, that Sean couldn't do. Sean's better than you," and kind of, kind of attacking his pride. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting way to go about it. Yeah, but um, I, I was I was definitely glad to to see the undertaker come back um i was definitely glad to see uh 
the the streak defended because yeah, it's kind of a foregone a foregone conclusion that he's gonna he's gonna come back for every WrestleMania, and it's kind of it's kind of at this point now that they, they don't have money in the bank anymore with with WrestleMania. This is kind of what WrestleMania is kind of known for at this point yeah. is the Undertaker streak and going for twenty and zero uh, and, and the whole the whole kind of thing. I, I the, the lead up was. It kind of just was what it was. I wasn't impressed by it, but it, it wasn't anything that kind of detracted me either. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as well, this is the only the second time that we've had the same match three times. We've had the Under versus Undertaker versus Triple H at WrestleMania. Uh, was it se- seventeen or 18, seventeen? Then you know twenty eight and twenty seven. Then we've had Austin and The Rock, which was WrestleMania fifteen, seventeen, and nineteen. Um, so. As I said, Shawn Michaels was a big part of this. Um, there were some brutal bumps, like whenever um, Triple H spine buster take her onto the steel steps. That was pretty <laughs> rough looking. Um, the chair shots were very, very brutal. Um, Triple H actually had a cut around his eye, um, which I don't think was intentional. Obviously, last year they did get a fine for Taker actually hitting um, Triple H in the head with the chair. So there was a lot of back shots and things like that. There was no head shots apart from the steel steps. So figure out that logic, you know. <laughs> so um, it was a very, very good match and one that, um, as you said, I, do, I don't think it's got the magic that... I think the the Taker-Shaw ma- match had different kind of magic than the Triple H match matches one I did find that there was a lot of there was a lot of you know like once they'd hit their moves and stuff they'd both be lying there and you know like Sean be like I'm going to ring the bell I'm going to stop it I'm going to stop it there was kind of a lot of dead time I thought in it no pun intended with the Undertaker um, but there was a lot of time where they were both just lying there or you know there wasn't much happening with it so I, I understand that they're both kind of you know this will probably be them done now you kind of have to do that with them, just because they 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 don't they don't go that often. Mm-hmm. Triple H has gone more than than uh, more than Undertaker has recently. Obviously, we had Triple H face off against uh, CM Punk, you know, recently and and whatnot. Yeah. And Triple H has yeah. actually been working house shows leading up to leading up to the WrestleMania, so he was kind of you no know, kind of work off the ring rust. But neither one of them in recent years ha- has really gone all that much. So you're going to have a lot of downtime, a lot of time when both guys are lying on the mat. And like you said, that's where Shawn Michaels came in and was kind of integral with the whole, you know, basically asking, you know, Undertaker, you know, do you want me to stop the match? Do you want me to stop the match? And, and a-, a lot of it focused on Shawn because he was kind of directing the traffic. You know, yeah. a-, a lot of with, you know, him standing in between Triple H and The Undertaker when Triple H had the sledgehammer mm-hmm. and and stuff like that, where you kind of given The Undertaker a bit of a time to, you know, kind of get his bearings and, you know, get his breath back and, and, and whatnot because he hasn't gone in a full year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it, was a, it was a good match, you know, but um, I think with the end of the year, I, I did like the way it ended, you know, with them kind of both of them picking Triple H up and walking away and then, you know, all hugging and then just walking off. Um, I think with this year and last year, though, Undertaker hasn't got the, um, to celebrate 
um, as much in the ring as he has in previous years, you know, with him nailing down and then the fireworks going off and, you know, right. 20 and 0. And it's normally a case of, you know, like obviously last year, it was kind of playing up the fact that he was kind of, you know, Donnelly wasn't moving, he had to be, you know, carted away. And Triple H was kind of, you know, struggling. And this year, obviously, with, with that. So it'd be, if they were to drop it, you know, the streak, they wouldn't drop it to. An established name like Triple H, it would have to be an up and comer, you know. If it was to be like I say, a Cody Rhodes or a Dolph Ziggler or you know somebody like that, that kind of caliber, or or an Alberto Del Rio, somebody who has been with the company a wee bit but is kind of you know establishing their name. But right now, that's why think... I thought that I thought that Undertaker is he he's he's gone on record and said that he would have no problem with dropping with dropping the streak to somebody that was an up and comer. Somebody that he thought that would that that Vince would really get behind and push to the top, and somebody that could really carry the the company for the next generation, you know, kind of a passing of the torch. And t- t- I mean, if you look if you look at the roster, the the only the only person I could really see buying into the fact that the Undertaker might actually because leading up to this, there was no doubt in my mind. Never was there a time that I thought Triple H was actually going to win this match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only person that I really could see him dropping the streak to would be if they put him, if they put John Cena in there with him, because he's the True. only guy that I think that the company would w- would really stand strong with. I mean, I know that he's the face of the company now, but he's still relatively young. I mean, it's not like his his days are, are are numbered as well. I mean, Triple H and Undertaker, you know, they're throwbacks to the Attitude Era, and Undertaker even way before that. Yeah. So it, it you know, Cena is going to be around for a long time, and at this point, I don't see anybody really within the company, which is kind of why I think you had you had to put The Rock against Cena, mm-hmm. because I don't see it's it's not really believable at, at this point with the way that. With the way that the company has pushed Cena for for so long, you had a, a tremendous, I think, a tremendous feud with CM Punk, you know, going into Money in the Bank, and, and then after that. But since since then, they kind of they took Cena out of the title picture, which is where I kind of think he needs to be. You need to yeah. have the titles on other guys. It's nice, it's refreshing to see that Cena hasn't held the title for so long now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last month yeah. we had him against Kane, which was kind of just a filler feud mm-hmm. with the whole, you know, uh, embrace the hate. It was basically just a filler feud so that you could keep Cena out of the title picture and, you know, keep him in some kind of holdover feud to get ready for The Rock for WrestleMania. So I don't... It, 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 it would be hard for me to see The Undertaker facing anybody... anybody that... Uh, that would it would be believable that they would actually end the streak. So I think it's it, it was a, a nice throw to have Triple H in there because, like I said, they have such a chemistry. You know, being holdovers from previous generations, having faced each other so many times in the ring, uh, kind of knowing each other's styles, and like I said, they could kind of protect each other in, in in this type of a match. Yeah, yeah, I totally totally agree with you there. Um, okay, so obviously, whenever you have a big match like that do you then have a filler match for the crowd to get their breath back we had just that um we had a 12-man tag team match to determine the general manager of both the raw and smackdown brands uh so we had team johnny 
which was uh, the captain, David Otonga, Mark Henry, Dove Ziegler, Jack Swagger, The Miz, and Drew McIntyre, who filled in for Christian, who apparently was injured. Uh, although, I haven't said that in this match, it actually looks like Drew McIntyre had injured his arm. Uh, and they, of course, were with John Laurinaitis, Vicky Guerrero, and Brie Bella. And they were defeated Team Teddy, who was Santino Morella, the captain, R-Truth, Kofi Kingston, Zack Ryder, the great Kali, and Booker T. With Teddy Long, Hornswoggle, Eve, and Nikki Bella, and uh, Aksana or something. I'm not, <laughs> not familiar with her because I don't really watch SmackDown. Um, it's Teddy's girl. All right. Well, a couple of points here. <laughs> First of all, why is the great Kali still wrestling? Um, I don't understand this because I thought his knees were done and that was him and I thought great because he's been he's just the modern day Jan Gonzalez to me um, he's very very pointless he doesn't really do much he, whenever he takes bumps it just looks awkward um, I, di- I did like the fact Booker T was in it you know like it was great to see him um, interesting to see Drew McIntyre on Team Johnny because we haven't really seen him for an awful lot, obviously we've seen like Jack Swagger, The Miz, Dolph Ziggler, uh, all that kind of thing. We've seen David Otunga wearing bow ties. <laughs> bow ties are not cool, just for all you Doctor <laughs> Doctor Who fans there. Um, yeah, it's just a match that I kind of was. I didn't really care about. Um, I had a feeling that Hornswoggle was going to do something. To be honest with you, and it was just funny whenever Mark Henry picked him up and just like threw him Throw to him the away. Guard. Yeah, that was just that was brilliant. Um, what were your thoughts on this, Mike? Were you kind of this was just another filler? But again, why did this go longer than the Intercontinental Championship match? Yeah, an- another match I had absolutely no interest in. Um, the The news was that originally they were supposed to bring Money in the Bank back to WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and uh, they originally were were going to have um, they were originally going to have um, oh my goodness, Wade Barrett. The name was escaping me yeah. for a minute there. They were going to have Wade Barrett <laughs> win win the Money in the Bank. But now he's obviously he's injured and out yeah. of action. So they needed another type of match in order to get the rest of you know all the other guys from the roster just to to get them on the show. So they came up with this joke of a match. <laughs> I, I have no interest in John Laurinaitis. I, I okay, John Laurinaitis now seems to be taking on the Vince McMahon role from back in the uh, back in the late nineties in the Attitude Era, where you know. Where it was you no know, Stone Cold versus McMahon, and, and now we've kind of got CM Punk versus uh, versus Laurinaitis. I, I, I guess they're kind of just retrudging that that storyline a little bit. That that's the only use I have for Laurinaitis. Uh, T- Teddy Long just is a waste. He should go back to being a referee. <laughs> <laughs> Although Teddy Long has been a longer. A general manager longer than anyone else in WWE history. He's been there since, like, whenever I can remember. You know, you've had the likes of Paul Heyman who've come and go, Stephanie, which has come and gone, Bischoff, who's come and gone, Stone Cold, to a certain extent, who've come and gone, and he seems to be the one that stayed there the longest. So I kind of got it that he's went because he's always been like, oh, holla, holla, doing his little <laughs> dance and all that. So. But he's just there for... for... He doesn't add a lot to to storylines in the in the way that that laryngitis does. <laughs> laryngitis. <laughs> he can Are you least, saying that too? He can at least further along the story a little bit. You know, kind of like what we see right after this match in, in the little skit between him and Sam Punk. You know, at least he can do a little something. 
Uh, with, with this match, you know, you, you had the high spots, you know, with Kofi Kingston and R Truth and you know, a lot of you know top rope stuff. You know, but again, I, I think this was just you know for this was basically did what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to cool down the crowd that was you know that was hot after the Undertaker match, and you know, kind of give them a, a, a breather so that they can get ready for the for the two main events to follow. The way that the match ended with with Eve coming in and distracting Zack Ryder, so that the Miz could could get the pinfall. Mm-hmm. I, gimmick endings like that kind of bother me. I don't have a problem with a gimmick ending if it is worthwhile, but the the whole the whole Eve thing, I'm getting I'm getting tired of it. <laughs> I, I was tired of it with the whole you know triangle with John Cena, yeah. and, and, and and all that, you know, and 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 then she kicks Ryder in the nuts at the end. Which was like, you know. Yeah, it was very similar to WrestleMania 20 whenever Jericho fought Christian and then Trish did the same thing. But then I kind of had a bit of meaning because you were invested in Christian and Chris Jericho and Trish Stratus, all great, fantastic athletes. I am not one of these woo 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 guys at all. <laughs> I just, I don't get the Zack Ryder gimmick. I don't understand it. Um, I like you know, the fact that he created his own character and got a push he created the push that he got it's not necessarily the character that I like I, I, I like Zack Ryder as a person for being able to do that to have the whole the whole kind of mindset well oh you're not going to push me you're going to keep me on superstars and you know you, you, you're not going to do anything with me well you know what I'm going to go out on my own and I'm going to you know have this Long Island IZ internet show and I'm going to create my own following and I'm going to get it to the point where you don't have a choice but mm. to put me on TV. Because for a while there, you know, people were showing up to shows with woo 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 signs, and they were confiscating the signs so that they wouldn't <laughs> so that they wouldn't get on TV. And it just ended up being such a big, such a big phenomenon that they had no choice but to put him out there and, and put him on TV. And I kind of think that he's right where he, he needs. I don't think he necessarily needed to have the the U.S. title that they gave him. He doesn't need to be in a title picture. He's just, you know, just one of those guys that, you know, is at the, the, the bottom of the ladder. You know, he has a fun gimmick for the kids. You know, you know the kids like the whole bandana and the broski thing and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And that's just kind of the – that's the kind of the, the niche that he fills. So I, I, I don't have yeah. too much of a problem with, with, with I think that. it's very much the same kind of way as Santino. You know, Santino is very gimmicky with his Cobra thing. The way I love Santino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember him beating Umaga for the Intercontinental Championship, like in his first match, and then him with his—I think it was on WrestleMania 24—that uh, he was talking to Snip Dog. Oh, look, it's Snoopy Dog. <laughs> um, or whenever he was making fun of Vicky Guerrero and calling her a pig and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's entertaining. I, I do like Santino. Um, I like the fact that he's getting more wrestling time now rather than just being you know like a comic character um it wasn't a great match you know i the only thing i liked was whenever was whenever Ryder went to do his finishing move and i think it was ziggler kind of pushing him up in the air and he hit it on swagger Mm -hmm. i liked that um but that was probably about it (laughs) and <laughs> uh, there wasn't much to talk about in this match so we'll move on to the singles match for the WWE Championship with the added stipulation that if CM Punk was disqualified he would lose his title obviously this was said by John Laurinaitis to him a few minutes prior to the match 
Um, CM Punk obviously against Chris Jericho wearing his smashing light bright jacket, which is just oh, it's just why? Why don't you just get a T-shirt <laughs> that people can buy that glows in the dark? It's a lot better, and then you can sell merchandise rather than at the minute on WWEshop.com you can get like the old Jerichoholic T-shirt, which is kind of cool. Um, I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed the fact that Jericho seemed to be very Joker-esque in this. Was you like, hey, Punk? How's your father? And then a big smile on his face, and then he did it again about his sister. And going, how's your sister and her drug problem? And you just see CM Punk losing her, losing his mind, and um, him standing in the ring with the chair. Going, go on, Punk, hit me, hit me for your sister, and all that. I think Chris Jericho is a fantastic athlete. I love the fact that every time he comes back, it's something different. It's it's never the same kind of thing. Um, you know, with certain people like The Rock, you expect the same kind of thing. You don't want them to change. But with Jericho, he has such a big range. And, you know, like, obviously, last time he came back, he was he was very, very, you know, like, it always looked like he was going to meet his bank manager. He was using big words. He was confusing fans and all this here. But, you know, this was a case of the battle of the best in the world, what they did. So, um, what were your thoughts on this, Mike? Was this kind of, like, one of the, this was one of the three that you were really looking forward to? Yes, absolutely. Um, CM Punk is my favorite entertainer right now. Um, I absolutely oh, I like the way you said entertainer, not wrestler. <laughs> See the way Vince, you're brainwashing us. <laughs> but because it's because he has the whole he has the whole package right now. He's the best on the mic, and in my opinion, right now he's the best in the ring. Uh, you know, as far as on the roster, I, I don't think that anybody can hold a candle to what he does on either end. He right now should be the face of the franchise, as, as opposed to John Cena. I understand why, why Cena is is where he is because if you don't have the kids, then you don't have, you, then you don't have us because they hooked us as kids. He's their yeah. he's their Hulk Hogan. I know you don't want to hear that, but no, I don't. And uh, <laughs> that's it. This relationship is now finished. <laughs> I should have done like a contract and said you will never ever compare um, John Cena to Hulk Hogan. But he, he's he's their superhero character. He's the guy that they can that they can get behind. Where for us, CM Punk, because I was always a, a big Austin guy. You know yeah. the whole anti-establishment, and that's kind of the role that CM Punk is filling now. Um, not to say that he is is copying the mold that 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 Steve Austin put before. You know, he he's taking a whole different take on it, and I think he's doing it really, really well in his own right. Um, so yeah, this is the match that this is the match that I was looking forward to as far as ring work the most, because mm-hmm. both are such such stellar performers in the ring. Um, I really liked the fact that Jericho was playing up the whole psychological aspect of the match, trying to get Punk to disqualify himself. Uh, yeah. you, you know, basically, you, you know. Getting up and you know, sla- you know, starting the match with going up and you know, slapping him in the face, and then kind of cowering in the corner, trying to get Punk to you know, beat the hell out of him, and until he got until he got disqualified. I, I really, really liked that about the match. Um, there was a lot of you know, there there were quite a few spots in 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 this match that were pretty sick. The whole when Jericho suplexed CM Punk off the apron onto the onto the floor. Yeah, he he took that bump pretty hard. There was a there was another bump where. Where Punk came off the top ropes and uh, you know backwards and really kind of whiplash slammed his head into the mat. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, just a a beating that that they took, and I was really a, a lot of reversals, a lot of mat wrestling. 
Um, I like the fact, you know, I, I really, really enjoy Jericho much more as a heel than I do as a face. Mm. I think he really strives and and really succeeds in that role. And in in this match, he really played up the heel angle. Like I said, with the whole, you know, kind of winning, wanting to win the cheap way early on with, with trying to get uh, Sam Punk to disqualify himself. You know, at, at one point, Punk goes out and gets a chair and, and comes in and the ref is like, look, if you hit him with that chair, I'm, I'm going to disqualify you. Yeah. And, and, and Jericho's kind of just, you know, trying to egg him on. No, come on, hit me with it, hit me with it, hit me with it. Uh, there was just, you know, reversals, uh, you know, be- between, I-, I think Punk was in the walls of Jericho a good three or four different times. Um, I really like the fact that s- submissions are, are, are one of my favorite things um, versus versus pinfalls. Just it, it, it kind of seems like a, um, I don't know how to explain it, kind of a, a uh, more prestigious way to win a match, okay. you know, make, making your opponents submit, yeah. a, as opposed to them just being so tired that they can't get their, you know, beating the hell out of them so much that they're so tired that they can't get their shoulder off yes. the mat. Yeah. So the fact that they were just, you know, between the the walls of Jericho and the Anaconda Vice, where they were just submission after submission after submission hold, um, that's one of the reasons why you know Kurt Angle has always been one of my favorite wrestlers. You know, I, I'm I'm really a, a fan of the submission um, experts or, or, or tacticians. Okay. So that was one of my favorite, one of my favorite things about the match, and one one of the I, I was really happy that that's the way that the match ended, with, with Jericho tapping, you know, as opposed to you know hitting the go to sleep and you know being the end of it. So I, it's it seems more psychological to me to make your opponent tap it. It seem it may, it makes. It makes the winner seem more vicious, um, a, a lot more dangerous, and, and more of a threat, and kind of makes them seem stronger at the end of the match. Okay, so with you being a um, a fan of like submission things and stuff, I take a Bret Hart would be. What oh yeah, he would be. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed, as you said, the different reversals. You know, whenever Punk had Jericho in Anaconda Vice, Jericho was actually using his knees to try and, you know, hit Punk in the back of the head, and then Punk's kind of moving around, and that's wherever he eventually taps out. But that's what you need. You need a good. You need two guys who can entertain and can tell a story, and that's what they did. You know, there were so many great moves in this, so, um, a great match, you know, 22 minutes kind of flew by, so it did, and that's how long it went for, 22 minutes and 21 seconds, um, and that tees up the match that everyone was looking for, now we only oh, yeah. had eight, you know, we had eight matches in WrestleMania, you know, which is kind of the norm, but eight to ten matches, uh, we got some short ones, and some, you know, Quite long ones. This was the second longest, which. Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! We're forget. We're we're forgetting the Funkasaurus and calling his mama. Oh no! How could I forget that? So yeah, Funkasaurus mama dancing. Ernest the Cat Miller. I mean, (laughs) Brodus Clay brought out some woman with big butts that (laughs) kind of looked like they had pillows in them, which was kind of. They cannot lie. Yeah, well, cannot lie at all. Um. (laughs) I this was the f- this was the second time that I'd seen Brutus Clay's new gimmick. Um, I was kind of shocked by this. Um, I didn't know what they think of it. Um, then it kind of went over, and I was like, right, okay, that's 
What was the point this is of long, that? <laughs> this is longer than the World Heavyweight Championship match as well. Get rid of that and give us a longer <laughs> World Heavyweight Championship match. That's all you're going to hear. Then before we had the Rock Cena match, we then had the two music guests, which were MGK doing Invincible and then him saying that John Cena was the undertalk, got a round of boos, uh, <laughs> even from me, kind of flipping the bird at the TV because I couldn't boo. Um... I thought their performance was very, very poor, to be honest with you. It's very, very seldom that at WrestleMania you have a standout guest, music guest, that can blow you away. Unless there's a national anthem, I find. I thought that Motorhead, whenever um, Triple H was fighting Taker, was very weak. Um, what were your thoughts on this, Mike? I had never heard of either one of these these guys. The, no, the Flo Rida... And uh, and MGK, I, I'm not a fan of that kind of music anyway. So maybe maybe in those circles they're well known. I don't know. Yeah, I only know Flo Rida because they were the one who do the Good Feeling track, which seems to be one of the most overplayed tracks now. As you will find out, Mike, once you watch Monday Night Raw, that's all I'm going to say. And I expect <laughs> a tweet from you going, you know what, Chris, you were right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, and then we had Flo Rida come out and sing The Wild Ones, uh, which I thought was a pretty good track. I thought they did well. Um, I thought it was, uh, uh, Alan was it, was it, was her that was kind of wearing the kind of weird... Like the leather thing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alan Price kind of enjoyed, liked that. Let's just <laughs> leave it there. And Kite, she was weirdly sexy. And I went, no, because she just looks like Lady Gaga. Um, I enjoyed the track. I thought the crowd seemed more invested in this one than they did in the other one. Um, and then, obviously, with these here, they were telling the story, kind of, you could see it in the Titan Tron of John Cena, or this one was The Rock, and then The Rock came out. Um, I was so pumped for this match um, this was around about the half 3am mark so I'm kind of struggling to keep <laughs> awake and my eyes are stinging and I'm like no I need to stay awake and watch this um, I was not disappointed I thought the right person won which was The Rock sorry everyone if you haven't watched this by now but what are you doing listening to Wrestlemania review show um <laughs> I thought the right person won in The Rock. Um, you know, The Rock has beaten now Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and John Cena at WrestleMania, uh, which is a pretty good feat. You know, he's beaten a lot of big cats. Um, I, I think it, I think it's interesting as well that you know that this has been a year build-up match and it went in very very quickly. Um, I, you know, like last year. You know, this time last year, it was kind of a case of this was whenever it was announced. I was like, oh, that's going to take forever, but the build up was so good to it. Where, you know, like, I, I bring it, and Cena had the shirt saying, I bring it via satellite, and, <laughs> you know, like, you can't see me. And then Mike sends me a bowl of fruity pebbles that had John Cena on it. I think he just did that out of badness, but I kind of appreciate it. I didn't really enjoy the cereal. Captain Crunch was a lot nicer, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, this is no bearing in fact that the fact that John Cena was Fruity Pebbles, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I think this is a good match. I think that you know the Rock, you know, like hasn't really wrestled a match, a full match. You know, this was the same case that Shawn Michaels hadn't wrestled a match in five years. Came back at SummerSlam 2002 against Triple H, showed no ring rust whatsoever, like he just had a match yesterday, and the Rock was the same thing. Um, 
Alan made a good point was at the end whenever Rock hit the rock bottom it looked like it hadn't been done right but the way Cena was actually running his foot slipped and that's why it kind of just didn't look look right um, the crowd seemed to be into this more Rock than Cena but that's the majority of the fact that it seemed to be a case of everyone seems to be more for the Rock than John Cena. I did have a little bit of an argument with my friend on via text, you know, saying that Cena should win. No, The Rock should win. No, Cena should win because The Rock just went away. Yeah, but The Rock's done more for the company than John Cena has. You know, The Rock was there in the times wherever, the dark times wherever they were up against WCW and things like that. And, you know, would you say the same about if this was Austin versus The versus Cena and he went no but the awesome then went away and he just left you know like he took like a year out and took his but I'm getting way off track here but yeah the rock <laughs> one I was happy that's all I'm going to say Mike what about you well, I, I I think that kind of was the point of, of this whole match was to get the buzz going so you could have you know these kind of arguments because um, I, I don't want to say I argued with my son but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't say, don't say. Yeah, I argue. Nobody, you are incorrect. But we had we had this kind of similar debate, and it was fun because he's a big John Cena fan, being you know seven years old, you know, and, and you know I kind of had to explain to him who the who the Rock was, and you know we kind of had a little going back and forth where he's telling me, oh, John Cena's the best, and the Rock stinks, and you know, I had to explain <laughs> to him, you know, why the Rock is cool and. Did, like you, did you suspend his pocket money then for that? <laughs> Just for that? No pocket money for you. No so, sweets. So, buddy, I'm going to take my boot. I'm going to shine it up real nice. Turn Let's it just sideways. say that WrestleShock Wrestle does not condone violence for children. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Carry on, Mike. But it, it was it was it was fun to be able to have that little bit of debate, you know, with, yeah. with, with my kids. So, I mean, I think it's nice that they could have that where you brought two generations together, kind of like they did, you know, back with, with The Rock versus Hogan, where the, the Rock was the current star and Hogan was the legend coming in, and, you know, and you could bridge two different generations of wrestling fans, and I think it, they did a really good job with it. I, I think this could have been a disaster, uh, announcing it a whole year ahead of time. You know, they, they got really lucky that John Cena didn't incur an injury along the way yeah. and, and kind of mess up the whole thing. So I think that everything kind of really played out right, and I think they did it. I think they did it well with bringing the Rock in strategically throughout the year, here and there. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff was done promo via satellite, but then you know he would come in from time to time, and the, the whole thing with Survivor Series bringing him in and, and stuff. I think they played their cards well, and it worked out for them in the end. Because I think that this really was a, a fantastic match, and I know me being one of them, Cena has a lot of detractors. You know the whole you know, five moves of yeah. doom, and, and yeah, and I'm, I'm in that. I'm in that because I saw a thing that was John Cena in Pokemon. It says, "But John Cena cannot learn more than four moves," <laughs> and I thought that was good. So yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, buddy. So I, I think that the match came out really, really well. I mean when. After the whole flow rider thing, you know, when when the Rock's music hit and he came out, I just got tingles. The hair on the back of my neck stood up, and I was, I was excited and 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 ready to go. And when the the Rock came out, it looked like he hadn't missed a beat. You know, I kind of expected. I, I didn't think he looked particularly well at Survivor Series, and, and so I kind of was expecting maybe some significant ring rust. 
and I was kind of worried about how it was going to work with Cena because Cena's not exactly C- Cena. In all of Cena's good matches, he kind of has to be the one being carried to the good yeah. match. So yeah, I like was kind of worried. Him versus Shawn Michaels at Mania twenty. Uh, five or what? Or twenty four? Right, and twenty five, twenty five, and and even with CM Punk at Money in the Bank, because in my opinion that was the match of last year. So I, I think I was I was a little bit worried about Cena having to depend on The Rock, who hasn't wrestled in a singles match in what did they say was it nine years or seven years or how long however long it's yeah, been? Yeah, uh, eight years because twenty would have been his last one. Yeah, so I mean the the fact that he hasn't wrestled in so long, and the fact that he came out. And showed no signs of ring rust, in, in in my opinion. I thought he came out. He looked crisp. He looked quick. It, you know, in, in all of his, you know, all of his signature moves. You know, the the scoop slam and the spine buster, and, and you know, the the DDT. He had he has a, a quickness to him that a lot of guys just don't have, and he still had it, man. I, I didn't I didn't see any rust whatsoever, and I thought that they really they really had a good match, the two of them, and. The the fact that that it, it went you know a half an hour it, that that says a lot for you know for a guy that hasn't wrestled in so long and an, an, another wrestler that kind of is a bit of a slug in the ring. <laughs> True. They both True. did some. They they both did moves from the top rope, mm-hmm. which you don't necessarily. That's uncharacteristic of of both guys. I, I think they really took some chances. And Although Cena's one, whenever he hit the rock, it looked like he hit more of the rock's back than he hit of his head. True, true, true. <laughs> but the fact that they 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 kind of took some risks, they didn't exactly play it safe like you would think that they they kind of would have a right to do. Yeah. So I, I think it was a very entertaining match. I was really I was really happy with it. I'm glad that the Rock won because I wanted the Rock to win. Now I didn't think the Rock was going to win. To be perfectly honest with you, I thought that this was going to be where we saw. Cena kind of over the last six months we've really had a mixed bag with John Cena with with the whole crowd half the crowd you know saying you know let's go Cena and the other half you know Cena sucks and they it kind of seemed like they were leaning kind of pushing him over the over to the edge with the whole Kane embrace the hate where he had half the crowd you know half the crowd would would tell him that he sucks and I kind of really thought that that's where they were heading. I thought that they were going to have Cena finally say, you, you know what, I'm the one that's here every single day, and you're cheering for a guy that's never here. And I really thought that he was going to finally, quote-unquote, embrace the hate and take that heel turn. And I thought that he was going to take the heel turn and win this match, um, whether it was through cheating or or, or, or somehow and to kind of set up some kind of a, a rematch because I know that The Rock has been confirmed now for SummerSlam. All right, okay. So, uh, and and the rumor kind of is that this is going to be a best of three series culminating at next WrestleMania. Oh, see, I don't get that. I don't get that because it says once in a lifetime. That's like saying Undertaker versus Triple H, uh, end of an era, right? Okay, so that means that they both kind of are done. That's like Triple H coming back and wrong, going, you know what? It's the end of an era, but I'm going to fight on anyway, and I want to fight. Uh, I want to fight the Miz and uh, things like that. I just I don't get the tie. For me, that tagline then once in a lifetime seems useless. If it said you know once in a lifetime you get to see these guys fight a three different you know a three a three match 
you know, a three rubber match thing because right. obviously then if that's the case then we know that Cena will win the next one and then I'll tee up at Wrestlemania and I'll be a case of those two to see who's the best ever um, but like JR says the internet and the internet and wrestling rumours are like peanut butter and jelly they just go well together <laughs> you know so it could be a case of you know we may get at next year's Wrestlemania John Cena versus I don't know let's let's think of a wrestler who's been away Let, let's say John Cena versus Batista say just because Batista's been away for a while and he mm-hmm. can come back and then he could or it could be a case of John Cena versus Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes is a WWE champion you know because would we have all thought that Daniel Bryan would have been the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania? No. The only thing I would have done differently with this match was something that Cena said was that, you know, this is going to be the biggest match of all time and it's going to be for the WWE Championship. You know, like, it would have been a case of, you know, like, if I was The Rock, I would have said, you said this was going to be the WWE Championship and you, you know, like, you broke your word, you know, like, rise above hate, but you lied to me. You said you would have the WWE Championship for, you know, to defend at WrestleMania, and you didn't. And kind of twist that knife into him as well. Right. I think that could have been something they could have done, but I was happy with the build-up. I, I thought John Cena's remarks were very, very similar to Austin at WrestleMania 17, whenever he says, you know, like, I need to beat you, Rock, I need this. You know, um, I need to win. You've no idea what I'll do to win. Um, so I thought it was very much in that kind of vein. Obviously, Austin did a lot better because Austin's a hell of a lot better performing wrestler than John Cena. I'm just saying that. <laughs> that's 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 not that's not just me, but that's a fact. Is that Austin has the highest merchandise sale ever? So. Um, you know, a, a great match that I really couldn't fault, and one was I was really happy to watch, and that one that I I was really um, pleasantly surprised with with how it flowed and how, as you said, how crisp the Rock was and how um, great he looked in the ring. Um, at the start, they kind of did the Rock Hogan thing where they kind of looked at each other and looked at the crowd, but I don't think Cena knew where he was meant to be looking. He was kind of like <laughs> looking at the Rock, looking at the floor, looking at kind of what am I going to be looking at? Uh, um, you know, but yeah, a, a great match which kind of rounded off uh, WrestleMania with John Cena kind of sitting on the the ramp and uh, The Rock victorious. Um, before we go, Mike, obviously that was the end of WrestleMania. Uh, was it worth the money for yourself? I'm gonna end up saying yes because I was so happy with the with, with the three with the three matches: uh, Undertaker, Triple H, and Punk and Jericho, and and Rock and Cena. I'm glad that I paid for it. I'm glad that I saw it. I'm glad that I didn't have to wait for a DVD release. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to say yes. The, okay. as, as bad as the first half was, was just as good as the second half was, in, in my opinion. Well, it was definitely worth value for money for me because, as I said, the first half an hour, 40 minutes cut off. Uh, so I then contacted Sky today and got a refund, so I watched oh, it nice. for free. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was definitely worth value for money for me. Um, so, yeah, it was just... Um, obviously, it'll be out very soon. Um, let me just check here to see when it's available on... Um, 
Silver Vision, which is obviously who supply us with the review copies of DVDs and Blu-rays. Um, it'll be available in the UK in June. I have a funny feeling it's available in May for America. Um, pre-order price for twenty two ninety nine for Blu-ray. Uh, the code for that is WWEBD1358. If you just want the DVD, um, then it's just WWE1358. I think it'll probably be about... Um, 1799 or thereabouts for that so um, obviously you'll probably get the disc of that um, I know with 28 you got the main Wrestlemania you got the Hall of Fame and you got the full episode of Smackdown from the night after um, so it'll be interesting to see if we were if we were able to get that there um, before you go Mike uh, just quick thoughts um, were you happy with who was inducted in the Hall of Fame yes um I'm I'm a big Edge fan. I thought it was a little bit odd that he got inducted like a year to the day from his last match. I thought it was a little quick, but he was definitely deserving of it. Um, obviously, the Four Horsemen, they're just you know wrestling legends. Um, I, I know they decided to handpick which Four Horsemen they were going to put in. Um, I don't. Some people have a bit of a problem with who people that were left out and whatnot. I think that it was just fine. I was really, I'm really glad that Ric Flair um, is going to be, you know, was at the induction ceremony. I know yeah. with him being under contract to TNA, there was a bit of a speculation whether or not he was going to actually make the appearance or not. I'm glad that he did. Um, I, I was always a really, really big fan of the APA, uh, so I was okay. super excited that Ron Simmons got in. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm real happy. Uh, Yokozuna. Uh, post, uh, you know, a- after after his death, uh, getting voted in uh, to the Hall of Fame. Well, I don't know if it's a vote or not, but being nominated and, and entered into the Hall of Fame, I-, I think was a nice touch. The only one that I that I missed that I thought that really I, I really would have liked to see. I'm and I'm not even going to really. I don't acknowledge the celebrity wing. <laughs> Mike, I'm with Mike Tyson and Drew Carey last year and whatnot. I really yeah. wish that this year of all years would have been the perfect time to put bygones aside and induct mm-hmm. the Macho Man into the Especially Hall of Fame. Especially if you're inducting Ric Flair as part of the Four Horsemen, you know, and he's under contract for another company, and you're getting him in. But I, I totally agree with you there with with the uh, Randy Savage. But all in all, yeah, I, I was happy with with the Hall of Fame inductions. Um, it was. Less uh, less folks this year than normal. Uh, it, usually there's a, a couple of more in, inductees, but you kind of you know you, you kind of got to spread them out a bit. So uh, uh, there was a lot of speculation that the, that the Rock would go in this year, being in Miami and whatnot. But I don't think with him actually competing on the card, y- you could have done that. Yeah, um, I think he'll probably be in. I think next year we'll probably see either Taker or. Um, uh, Triple H go in. I really want to see Jake Roberts go in. I think he. I think it's way too long without him being in. You know, like you've had the likes of Roddy Piper, uh, Million Dollar Man. You know, like Hacksaw Jim Duggan even. And as you said, you know, like you have the likes of the celebrities like Drew Carey and you know, like Drew Carey appeared once at Royal Rumble 2001. That was it. You know, Mike Tyson. I didn't understand why they got Triple H and Shawn Michaels. I would have rather Stone him. Cold induct him. Yeah, uh, that would. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, you know, but um, I think they should kind of do away with the celebrity things. 
um, you know, because it's only a matter of time now before, you know, like we get, say, Sylvester Stallone inducted or Mickey Rourke because he hit Chris Jericho once or, <laughs> right. you know, something like that. Um, I think it's it's time they just went with the wrestlers. But as you say, you know, there was not as many as there were last year, but, you know, they had four in one in one go. Um, God knows how many times Ric Flair cried being at that. Um but yeah, I was I was happy with you know Edge going in. I think they did right with Christian inducting him there yes. as well. And uh, of course WWE don't miss a trick. Um, if you like any of the theme music used from Hall of Fame, you can now order it for um, seven ninety nine from um, iTunes. Um, other places are available, but I don't know what they are. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, that's going to do it for this here. Obviously. Um, as we said, be showing up in the episode, um, Operation Retroshock feed. Uh, Mike and I will, will be doing um, reviews of different DVDs, whether it's a case of we even want to talk about, you know, like as we've just found out, Mike's a big Bret Hart fan, whether we sit down and talk about some of Bret's greatest matches, whether it's Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, whether we pick some matches, things like that there. Um, there's so much that we could actually do um, if you are wanting to... Um, listen to Operation Retroshock obviously you're in the right place if you're on iTunes if not just head to operationretroshock.com um, there you can find episodes from Alan and myself whether it's reviews on current video games um, whether it's discussions interviews things like that there um, you can contact me um, just Vinto Man or no Vinto316 at gmail.com or I am on Twitter at Vinto316 uh, Mike is there any podcast or anything that you star on that you would like to promote I don't star on any but I <laughs> <laughs> I was teeing you up there and you kind of just fumbled it oh dear um but no, if you're uh, if you're into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we have a uh, new, brand new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast called What the Show, uh, with uh, myself and your other host Chris Vint and Dylan Cook and the radically awesome Sween Holic. You can uh, we we've been doing uh, about an uh, about, a, about once a month or so. You're, you're looking at a new episode. Um, you can follow us. Uh, they have their own. We have our own Twitter feed at at TMNT Shell. Um, you can also follow myself personally at M Lacey L A C E one L A C E Y ninety one, and we're there. Yeah, uh, if you do want to listen to it, obviously just search for What the Shell on iTunes, or if you're just wanting to listen to us on the internet, whether you don't have um, iTunes or anything like that, there. Uh, if I could find it here, is whattheshell.podbean.com. Um, that there has a wee subscribe button, which will open your iTunes feed, and you can subscribe to us there. Um, yeah, so a lot of stuff going on. Really excited to see where we go with uh, WrestleShock. Looking forward to getting some ideas from Mike and um, taking it from there. So just uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll um, hopefully slam with you all soon. Voices in the air, I hear them loud and clear, telling me to listen. My world turns to heartbeats Not only in my chest, but the heart in the street So when they feel this, they feel me But I can't feel nothing outside these great beats Came from the city of people, came from the bottom Standing on top, I was supposed to be my carpet, what's up? It's 
perception shows me that a dead man walking. But reflection shows this kid still got it. Let it be known I got the throne like I don't know that there's a king. Never grew up around the family cause I'm not a human being. And anyone on the motherfucker that's coming in my spot for the top. Let them have it cause when I leave the whole world drops. Lace up, kill. Lace up, kill! Voices. 